0: You're laughing at me because I messed that up. Okay, (laughs) I'm going to say that again. (laughs) Welcome to Startup to Last, a podcast about building profitable software businesses that are meant to last. Today, we're going to talk about how to hire interns, and specifically interns with non-traditional backgrounds. Uh, Before all that, let's give some updates on our businesses. So hi, I'm Tyler. I run a bootstrap SaaS company called Less Annoying
1: CRM. And I'm Rick. I'm the founder of Leg Up Ventures, which owns and operates software companies that empower underdogs. All right, what's up this week, Rick? Well, I'm missing you. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it was nice having you in town last week.
0: Yeah, I don't know if we because okay, so we recorded last week's podcast and it was terrible, so we didn't publish it. So our whole talk about how we recorded live n- never made it to the audience. So yeah, I was in Park City last week and we did a live one and it it was a disaster.
1: Yeah. in two, two ways. One, the content was a great. And the second, my mic, which was a blue Yeti picked up every single thing that you said. And I said, so it was, yeah, there was a big an echo, echo, echo yeah. issue. Yeah. <laughs> so I've gotten a new mic and I've also, my, my sister is doing some video recording for her, um, height for her, for our youngest brother's school. So I'm going to send her the blue Yeti so she can do more professional recordings. Oh, nice. Things just have then. a way of working out. <laughs> um, yeah. As far as what's going on, I, I feel so much better today because we've been dealing with this. So, so Group Current, um, which is one of my companies that specifically focuses on helping member-based groups or communities sustain themselves. We, our first client is is Pendo Labs, and we. You know we've got it going in terms of proof of concept you know, we have 128 members, that sort of thing. but the software that we chose, the third party software that we chose to manage it has just failed us completely um, on billing. Every month, the what was supposed to be a recurring billing scenario would fail and I'd have to m- manually go in 128 times, create a new <laughs> membership, rebuild, have that have reach out to each member and have them come in and say, "Hey, please bill me." And we did that for two months thinking that we had fixed it. And this last time was just the final straw. So I, I spent this week, the most part of this week, uh, first part of this week, unbundling our member management software. So the good thing is that we use Stripe as Stripe our payment gateway. So we had all of our customer, our members, uh, payment information and history mm-hmm. uh, in Stripe as a third party. So we basically have this, we're using Stripe now for subscriptions um, and built and billing and, and invoices as opposed to the memory management software for that. So we have a hybrid now where Stripe is our billing that works beautifully. I'm amazed with Stripe.
0: Yeah, and,
1: and we have this this uh, tidy HQ is the name of the software. And I like I really like the founder, so I don't want to talk too badly. I just think our use case excuse me, our use case just didn't work. Um, Yeah. But are you, so there's the billing side and then the idea is
0: when the members of this community pay, they get access to whatever, the website and stuff. Is everything except the billing working for you?
1: No, but it's good enough. Yeah. So right now we have the onboarding workflow and the private member pages and the login still going through the TidyHQ platform. Mm -hmm. But we do expect to move off of that to some, Hopefully, m- custom built code engineered by yours truly. Nice. Very by cool. the well, end of the it's year, it's great
0: to have a specific, like y- you can't have much more of a concrete idea on what to build than this. Where no. you know, there's already a thing you're using. It's failing you in specific ways, and you just need to solve those problems.
1: And that leads really nicely into the second thing I wanted to update you on, which is teaching myself to code has hit has slowed down a lot. I made it through early HD, like basic HTML, basic CSS and basic, basic JavaScript, like in a week. Mm -hmm. And then I got into the more complex CSS uh, stuff and it slowed me down and, and having this project where I see a problem that I'm facing personally and an opportunity to build some software that would really help us, our customer, and maybe other other companies. I just, there's a skill gap there and it's making me, not only is it getting harder to teach myself with the you know, with the, with the material that I'm starting to, to get, you know, work on, but I'm getting anxious about wanting to build this thing. So I'm having to constant, I'm going to have to like take some time to myself tomorrow and just like reset and just realize that October is going to be a month of learning, not a month of building.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I don't mean to say this in a discouraging way, but it's going to get worse, right? Like the, the deeper you get into coding, the harder everything
1: is. And it's just not going to come
0: super easily the way
1: that that early stuff does. Yep. So I know this, but it doesn't make, it doesn't change how frustrating it is in the moment. Yeah, sure. So, cool. um, And then the last thing is um, I've, I've been, I, one of the other things I've going on is I'm, I'm trying to write a book and um, I'm still f- fluctuating on what the topic is going to be, but um, I have spent most of September reading about writing. Everything from writing nonfiction to I read Stephen King's uh, on writing, which was an incredible book. I uh, I've read some 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 grammar books. I've also read a, a treatise on how to publish a nonfiction book. From you know everything from you know coming up with what you want to write about, researching it to publishing and marketing it. And uh, so that i I'm, it's addicting. Actually, I've, my writing has improved dramatically from reading these books. And so I'm actually going to read a little bit more about the publishing and marketing piece. What I'm realizing though, my big takeaway from September is one, one is that writing is writing really, really well is significantly harder than I thought it was. (laughs) Second, the, um, writing a book today is not a moneymaker. It is a, Mm -hmm. it, 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 unless you're Stephen King, which most people aren't writing, you know, ridiculous, you know fiction that just gets eaten up and goes viral, um, or you're someone that already has a huge audience on a topic that you are really an expert on, Mm -hmm. it's very difficult to monetize books. So you have to kind of look at it as a marketing strategy for something else. Yeah. Like public speaking or something like that. Yes. Yes. Or, you know, if you're a consultant generating clients for your consulting Mm. practice, that kind of thing, or, you know, if you're a, a thought leader, I say that. Ooh, I love thought leaders. I, yeah. <laughs> you, know you know, whatever you're thought leading on, it's a way for you to drive awareness of your thought leadership.
0: Yeah. So if, if you're a consultant giving a like proposal for a deal, you can be like, look, these two deals are the same, or these two proposals are the same, except I wrote a book about this and the other guy didn't, and you should go with
1: me. Credibility, right? Yeah. So Makes sense. That's, anyway, that's that's it for me. It was a long update, but it's, cool. I got, I it, I feel good today because yeah, of all that's those awesome. things. Good, good stuff. About you?
0: Um. Yeah. So I, I was in Park City for ten days. So two weeks ago, we didn't release an episode, and then last week we kind of did, but botched it. Uh. But so the, during that time, I was. Uh. It was really, really nice. I, I do this these trips every like two or three times a year, where I just go out to Utah. It doesn't have to be Utah. It just is, and uh, just put my head down and work. And this is the first time in a while where it's been all programming, like no strategy, no planning. Just I know exactly what I have to build. And I just coded for, for 10 days. And it was a really great way to recharge my batteries. You know, I, um, I think because of you, I've started uh, thinking about the terminology of like caring about outcomes versus the actual work I'm doing. The outcomes I like, uh, I, I achieve through management and running the company. But in terms of like day to day, what I enjoy doing the most, it's programming and design. And so even though I know I can't spend all my time doing that, being able to really dive in for a week was great. So I had a great time with that. Um, got a lot done too. Like I think the the product has
1: come along as a result of that. There's one thing that you said that I have to question. Okay. You said it, it could be anywhere. It doesn't have to be Utah. <laughs> I don't know if I what, agree with that.
0: What I mean is this. Uh, if someone else were looking at this and thinking maybe I should do it, there's no reason someone else should go to Utah.
1: Yeah, like they I, should come to Utah and they can have lunch with me, and just like <laughs> you have point. lunch with me, or go have some beers at, <laughs> uh, at, at a dive bar like O'Shuck's on Main Street. Mm-hmm. Um, th- those are fun things to do that you, exactly. could, you, you wouldn't be able to do if you didn't come to Utah.
0: Everybody listening should do exactly this go to Park City, get an Airbnb, call up Rick, go to O'Shuck's. That's, that's my advice. Um, so, yeah, that was fun. Uh, quick programming note we're uh, going to both of us are going to be in Montreal next week for my bachelor party, so we're probably not going to record an episode there. Uh, so instead, we're going to be releasing an interview of me uh, interviewing you. So last week we released you interviewing me. We'll release the other one next week, just so people
1: are aware that that's coming. I feel like recording a a businessy podcast at a bachelor party would be a really bad idea.
0: Yeah, probably. I, I assure you, my other friends would not allow it to. Um, that they, they would, you know, be messing, sabotaging the entire thing. So it would be a failure. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, then,
1: and the idea behind these interview, interview bonus episodes for lack of a better word is to allow anyone who's listening who wants to know a little bit more about either of us, you can go listen to that. It's, we, we don't, neither of us really like talking about ourselves, um, to, to other people. So hopefully it's a semi bio for you to get to know us better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and we're gonna update the like about
1: page on the website with those two, just so you know
0: you can learn more. Um, and then my final update here uh, every week I just talk about this redesign we're working on. Uh, it, I know it probably feels like it's been going on forever. Uh, this week we sent out the first like official beta invites to. We've kind of like let people opt into the beta, but they had to find it on our website. It was kind of buried, and I'm amazed people had actually found it, but they did. This week we sent an invite out to about 100 people who had previously said they want to do it. So we've got. I'd have to check maybe 40 people using it right now. So that's like enough that we're starting to get some real data on this. I'd say in terms of the feedback we're getting, about two thirds is positive and one third is negative uh, roughly. But the vast majority of people haven't given us any feedback and they just switched over to the new design and are using it and haven't switched. They have the option of switching back and they haven't. So I'll take that as a
1: positive sign, I think. Interesting. So what, what percentage haven't said anything to you?
0: Uh, the vast majority, I I have an email scheduled for next week just to ask them for feedback, but I would say only like, I'd say like two or i I'd say maybe three or four people have said, meh, don't, don't love it. And then probably eight to 10 people have been like, oh, it looks good or something like
1: that. So 80% of the people aren't saying anything and just going about the product usage as with, as business as usual.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which, given that my main concern with the redesign is that it'll disrupt people, the fact that people are switching and we never hear from them, they don't ask questions, nothing. I find that pretty encouraging, I think. That's great. Yeah. And then next week, we'll be sending out, either next week or the week after, we'll be sending out the invites to like 4,000 people. (laughs) So we're really going to ramp up the feedback at that point. We'll see how it goes.
1: Why are you doing such a steep increase? Why don't you just do a couple batches of 100?
0: Uh, we only had 100 who opted in to, the, like, who asked to be notified. Um, the next round is we're just going to mention it in the newsletter. I would expect a much lower uh, acceptance rate of this because these are not people who opted in. These are just random newsletter. Uh, so you're going to do like a passive mention. Yeah. Okay. It'll be like each newsletter has three or four things in it. And one of the things will be like, hey, do you want to join the beta? Click here. Makes sense. So we'll see. Um All right let's dive into the the topic for today. So this one is mine. So basically, we're going to talk about how to recruit interns. Um, and I, I can give a little background on wh- where I'm coming from with this topic. Basically, at Less Annoying CRM, so we have 17 employees, but we've hired significantly more than that in total, because every summer we have about 10-ish uh, interns or coding fellows, which coding fellows and interns are about the same thing here. Basically, college students who come for the summer. Um, we've had a lot of success with this. It, it makes hiring really easy because you get to take risks on people kind of, and, you know, bring in a bunch of people. And then if someone's a really a perfect fit, give them a full-time offer to, to work here after they graduate. So I've had a lot of success with that, really enjoy it. And, and, um, I kind of have a system worked out, which maybe one thing we should talk about today is just what's currently working. The problem is, um, the only model we've been able to come up with for uh, consistently hiring interns is to go to kind of like elite, expensive, private university type places like, Rick, you went to Duke. I went to Wash U. That type of place has like an intern culture. Students are planning on applying for these. It's expected. Other uh, universities in the area don't have that culture. And we've, had, we've struggled to get students interested in it, which is kind of counterintuitive because there are schools where Like, you know, the fact that they're paid internships and it's a really great opportunity, you'd think it'd be even more appealing to someone who's not going to like as top tier of a school. But the reality is we really struggle to get anyone from those other schools even to apply. What are they doing?
1: Sorry, what are they doing instead?
0: Yeah, it's it's a combination of things. Part of it is uh, at a lot of these schools, people aren't full-time students as much. And so they're not off for the summer in the same way. So that's one challenge. And then the other thing is, I think um, if you're going to a $60,000 a year private university, probably you come from wealth and probably you kind of have options and you're like, I'm going to dabble and try different things and see what, where my life takes me. If you're going to, like for example, the local public university, UMSL, University of Missouri, St. Louis, still a good school. But if you go there, probably you're like, I need a job out of this. And you're majoring in whatever you're majoring in, and you're not looking for random
1: other opportunities that aren't specifically in your field. Sorry, I interrupted you when you were describing the problem. Um, I'll let you finish that.
0: Yeah, okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm rambling here. I'm, I'm basically done. But basically, beca- we, we have a model that works for hiring interns at WashU. We don't have a model that works elsewhere. And the result of this is our employee base is like lacks diversity in any number of ways. First of all, there's kind of like socioeconomic diversity of only rich kids go to WashU. And then also, WashU has its own diversity problems in terms of uh, race, in terms of gender, at least on the technical side. So we're not getting a very diverse applicant pool because of the way we're recruiting interns. So I'm interested in discussing how can we go out and attract interns from other universities that maybe don't have that strong of an intern culture.
1: Got it. So diversify your interns. Yes. Okay. Exactly. You lack problem is you lack diversity with your interns you've tried, you're trying to increase that. You haven't been able to, for a number of different reasons, which we'll probably go into later. Mm -hmm. I'm very interested in what you're doing. I think you're right. I think you should start with how you do interns, you know, what the intern period is, what you're paying, what you're offering, uh, and you know, how, what's going well so far with those. Cool.
0: Okay. So the history here, um, so a lot of people probably haven't heard of WashU, but it's you know, in terms of price and difficulty to get into, it's kind of like a top 15, top 20 university, lots of rich kids, smart people with good high test scores, right? It's the best school that no one knows about. Yeah. It, it's probably there. It's like yeah. on par with a Northwestern, except you've heard of Northwestern and you Exa- haven't heard it it, of WashU. <laughs> exactly. I
1: remember when one of my buddies in high school um, got into WashU and he was so excited. He was running around. I, I was This is a Charlotte private High school. He's uh, he's running. He's running around the halls, going. I got into Wash U, I got into Wash U. Everybody's like, "What is Wash U? <laughs> yeah. The University of Washington, like, right? You're or going George to, Washington? You're going to the West Coast? <laughs> what are you talking about?"
0: Yeah. So no one's heard of it, but it's it's a, a pretty good school, which comes with all the downsides of good schools. So what we I did what every first time entrepreneur does, which is the first time I had to hire people, I was like, I don't know, I'm going to go back to the the school I went to, and like, I already know people there and I'm going to start recruiting. And it was pretty easy. Basically, we posted on there. There's like a, every university has a free job board. Any, any employer can sign up and post there. We went to the career fair. People walk by, we grab them and say, hey, do you want to do this thing? Um, that was basically it to start with. Since then, we've increased our presence at WashU quite a bit. We partner with a few sure.
1: student groups. Before we go, before you go into how you're marketing and mm-hmm. recruiting interns, can you mm-hmm. step back? I don't really understand what your intern offering is. Okay. Is it a is it a one is is it a once a year type thing? Is it a full time job? Is it paid, unpaid? Do you have different types of internships, different time periods, those kinds of things? Right. Good question. So. Uh, thus far, we've always done it during the summer.
0: I think we'd be willing to adjust that to if, if that affects kind of the diversity and other schools type of thing. But we've so far only done it for the summer. We have three main internships we hire for. Uh, one is CRM coach internship, which is basically the customer facing side of the business. It's most like customer service. So one of the challenges I may talk about, no one majors in customer service, uh, which is tough. Another one is like a software engineering internship, just a more traditional computer science major type of thing. And then the third one is the coding fellowship where we teach people to code. Um, so people who primarily don't know how to code or barely do come in and they don't work for us. They just, we teach them how to code. So sorry, what's the difference between the second and the third one? The second is like uh, a computer science major who already is knows what they're doing and they come in and work for the company. Like we give them, oh, we need this feature, go build it, that type of thing. The, the coding fellowship is you know, a psych major who has no clue how to code and they come in and they never do any work for us. And do you pay them? Yes. So we've increased these, both of these this year. So interns get 3000 a month starting next summer. One of the reasons we increased it, by the way, is for people who would otherwise have jobs, they'd have to leave or something. I think the more we pay, the more appealing this is, but interns get 3000 a month. Coding fellows get 1800 a month. Um, So yes, they're both paid, but Interns are definitely more like that's a job coding fellows. It's almost like summer camp or something, but you still get the same experience basically.
1: And sorry, remind, I, 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 blanked on what you're paying fellowships, uh, 1800 a month, 1800. Okay. Wow. That's a lot of money. So we we almost doubled it this
0: year. It wasn't that much before.
1: Um, so can we take coding fellowships off the table for a second and focus just on your internships? So these are people who have the mindset of, I'm going to go work. And get real work experience uh, for a limited amount of time. What are the months? Uh, mid to late May
0: through mid, to, mid early to mid-August.
1: So a little under three months. Okay. So let's call it three months. And they are they nine to five? Yeah. Monday through Friday? So It's full-time. the exact
0: same deal as a full-time employee, which is there can be some flexibility there, but um, most people choose to be nine to five. Yeah.
1: Cool. And, and are they... W2 employees during that time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. So you're basically hiring someone for three months.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: And what's your pitch to, to an, right now, what's, what's your current value proposition of someone? Well, two things. First, what, what is your goal with offering the intern as an organization? And second, how do you, how do you make that? Why is that beneficial to these people who you're pitching?
0: Yeah, so the the pitch varies based on whether it's software engineer or CRM coach. Okay. The software engineers, it's really easy cuz it's like you're majoring in computer science. We, we live in a time where everybody wants to work at a tech startup, like that's very in the zeitgeist right now. So we're just like this is what you want. You know, we offer it. We're a St. Louis doesn't have a ton of startups that actually have paid internships. So it's a pretty easy pitch. What we get out of it there is we we do hope maybe we can hire some of those people, but a software engineer intern coming in, getting paid three thousand a month for a summer, they're probably like productive enough that just the work we get out of them is is worth it. In particular, we have all these little things that our full time engineers don't, they never have time to get to, and it's nice. Like last summer, we had three dev interns come in and just knock out a ton of little little things that we had on
1: our list. So it's actually do it, it is valuable to you. Your work actually does get done. Yes.
0: This was the first summer that was true. In the past, yeah. that wasn't. But I think we're getting more of a name for ourselves and getting like more top tier people. And college students are impressive. They can come in and, and produce. So, you're especially if they go to WashU. Yeah, it might be less true if we're. And I think the best student at UMSL is as good as the best student at WashU, but it's probably, but the average is probably higher at WashU. Sorry, what's UMSL? UMSL is the, the public uh, okay. school in St. Louis, University of Missouri, St. Louis.
1: Okay, got it. All right. So uh, you've got an f- internship program that works for uh, pri- for, for well, pri- privilege.
0: Yeah, for privilege. And I would actually say I'm less interested in how to hire the devs. The CRM coaches is like, if I could get my wish and get one of these to really start working somewhere else, it would be CRM coaching. Um, and that's a hot, harder one because they're not already... Looking for this internship.
1: Can, like, can I can I ask you um, why why do you feel like you need to? It sounds like it's working. Let me just say that it sounds like mm-hmm. you have a great internship program. It sounds like it's working and growing. Mm-hmm. Why do you why don't why aren't you just continuing to grow within Wash Washu Wash and tap that out before you worry about diversifying? Um.
0: Well, I mean, I I guess it depends on what you mean by tap that out. Like we it's because diversity in and of itself is a goal here. Um, So for example, we have, I'd say the company right now is maybe half WashU, half non WashU grads. The people who aren't from WashU have like, I don't want to say complained. They're not like being malcontents, but they've basically said like, when you come in here, it is a WashU culture and it's not very welcoming. Um, What does that mean? Like, you know, you're sitting at lunch and everyone's like, Oh, can you believe what Chancellor Wrighton did? (laughs) And like, Nobody else knows who Chancellor Wrighton is. Um, who, who the
1: heck is Chancellor. He's actually whatever. not the
0: Chancellor anymore at Washu, okay. but he was. Okay. So I don't know who the new one is. But the, the point is like there's kind of it it almost feels like an extension of like I graduated and I'm now I'm just going to like the washu postgraduate experience at Les Annoying, which is not very welcoming for other people. We don't want a culture that excludes people. We also, there's just an elitism thing. There, there's all kinds of reasons why diversity, I think, is desirable in its
1: own right so the internship is work the internship that you offer is working in terms of attracting talent yes. and it's growing every year and it's actually becoming a, a return on investment in terms of money versus what's work getting done um which wasn't true in the past but it's failing on bringing in non-private school privileged people yeah okay
0: and that's especially true on the crm coaching side versus the software engineering side why, why is that, you think? I think it's because, um, b- back to that thing I said earlier, if you're going to a school that's not full of rich kids, you're thinking, I need to get a job out of this. A lot of people, like a good job is programming. People know that. Um, the the people who are the best fit for CRM coaches are like English majors and women and gender studies majors. And you know these types of majors that are really popular at expensive private liberal arts schools and not as common if you're like you wouldn't go to a community college and major in English as much probably. So it's, it's kind of even more of a privilege to be like, I'm just this amazing writer with no other practical skills. Basically.
1: Are you, um, are you sure? Do you believe that there are people at this school who would like to be CRM coaches at less annoying CRM if they knew about it?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly think so. We pay really really well compared to other job opportunities it's a good work environment we've had i don't want to make it sound like we've never had any success finding interns like this we have and they've they've loved it
1: um but it's like we don't have a repeatable process for this so what are the roadblocks to make like why isn't i don't understand why this is working isn't working it seems like you've got the best gig in town
0: yeah i think we do uh, for the right type of person The the challenge is this. And the reason I wanted to bring this up with you specifically, Rick, like, I think we kind of have a common pattern of my topics where I say, you know how to do marketing and sales and stuff like that. Let's apply that to this. It's not exactly marketing, but it kind of is. Mm-hmm. So what what happens is we go to a career fair that at, at WashU, you go to a career fair. That's all you need to do. People come up to you and
1: talk to you and all that. And
0: at they're, these at, other they're sco- actively
1: look, you know, looking for internships for the summer.
0: Yeah, I mean That's what even there, there for. Right, exactly. There's like a culture that everyone's supposed to do an internship. When you go to the other schools, and, and I want to be very clear, these other schools are still good schools. I'm not trying to shit on them or anything, but it doesn't have like the elitist East Coast prep school vibe. Um, and people aren't necessarily thinking like, Oh, I have to go get an internship. They're thinking, I want to go get like just a random job or something. Like what? And, well, I, I think most people probably during the summers between college, they're probably working at like Target or something. But one big difference is they're probably also working there during the school year. WashU students, by for the most part, they work during the summer. They don't work during the school year. They go into $200,000 in debt, whatever. At these other schools, it's like they, they want kind of a job that they can have throughout college. That's one challenge. A lot of them aren't full-time students. So they might take you know, two or three classes a semester, but like at night or something like that. So they don't fit the intern schedule as well. But the the biggest thing is they come to the career fair and they, they just don't even look at us because we're not what they were, what they had in mind. So I think we have to actually market to them. We have to like get in front of them other ways.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. At WashU, there's less people and more, I think it comes down to who you're, you said that who the person is for the job. And, and I think when you describe that person, that's probably going to answer a lot of questions because that person probably is pretty easy to find at WashU relative to the masses. Uh, They come and they, you know, where they hang out, you know, but at the larger school, they're needles and haystacks. Yeah. Yeah, They still exist, but they're not,
0: there's not like, yeah, this obvious place to go for them. Yeah.
1: Yes. So what, um, what, who is the ideal person for? This it sounds like you want to talk about not the coding fellowship, but the customer, the CRM coach. Yeah. For for this episode, let's just focus on the CRM coach and simplify. So who's the ideal candidate for the CRM coach?
0: Yeah. So I'll tell you who it has been, but I want to acknowledge upfront. It's possible there's a lot of bias built into what has worked already, and we have to change all of this. Um, So, for example, a second ago, I said, you know, if someone's a part time student, they can't do a summer internship maybe that means we need to offer something other than summer internships. So i let me get that out there, but the the person that's been perfect so far has been very very humanities-ish in terms of their like we we want them to have really strong communication skills, so classes that involve a lot of writing and stuff like that, but also like what the job is is it's just helping people. It's a phone email, but there's no quotas to hit, there's no commissions, it's not like a a business type of thing, really. The people in the B school tend to be a little too focused
1: on hitting numbers. What do you um, mean B school?
0: Business school. Sorry.
1: Is that, is this a subset of the, the public college that you're talking about?
0: Well, at WashU, a- wash a- you a- a- okay. anywhere. I mean, I think, you know, most universities have a business school, but
1: are you talking about postgraduate business school or undergraduate? Uh, business? Undergraduate. Okay.
0: So someone yeah. majoring in marketing or something like that. Oh, okay, okay. They're actually fairly interested in the position, but their goal is not to be a CRM coach long-term. Um, there's a type of person who graduates college, and then they go to work at some hipster coffee shop because they like kind of don't want to be in a corporate environment. They want to stick it to the man a little bit, but they've got the skill set we want. That's like temperamentally
1: the person we're looking what, for. What's the skill set? Let's focus on that. What's the yeah. skill set that you want? Th- it's it's
0: communication skills, particularly written communication, and just like enough extroversion or like enough of a gregarious personality that they can, you know, connect with people pretty quickly over the phone, basically. Okay, and then just being like overall smart problem solver. There's not like specific there, skills me, we're looking for, and then meeting
1: your core values. Yeah, what are your so what so walk through your values just so we have those.
0: Hmm. So it's I, I mean for for a CRM coach specifically that I think the value is like fundamentally we want someone who is intrinsically motivated to help somebody meaning not extrinsically not like I put a number on the wall you have to hit it but like you're on the phone with this person you're going to spend an hour on the phone with them it is in your nature to do everything you can to get like for them to get the most possible out of this that's the main
1: value we're looking for here okay what um what have you done to try to find these people at public schools
0: yeah, and I, sh- I should also say, like, two of the other schools we're trying to recruit at are Webster and SLU. They're not public, but they're also not like the elite level WashU. But so sl- you
1: got SLU is what? SLU is Saint Louis University.
0: Okay, but that's Webby. public, isn't it?
1: SLU? No, that's pr- S- Saint Louis University is private.
0: Yeah, it's a Jesuit school.
1: Oh, That's cool. I, Rick Majerus used to te- uh, coach there, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, he they was, got a good basketball the, team. He was the U of U coach for a while hmm. back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Um, okay, so and they have like this gremlin. Uh, it's a Billiken. <laughs> a Billiken? What's a, Bill- a Billiken? It's a gremlin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,
0: so, so what was the other one that you mentioned? Uh, Webster. The, St. Louis actually has a lot of different, like, pretty good universities, but not like top twenty. So, so we're saying schools that aren't, what aren't top tier. Yeah. Is that what you? Yeah, and I'm especially top tier in terms of like privilege more so than like I don't question anyone's ability at these schools it's more about you know the economic background and stuff like that that makes internships a little less achievable at a lot of these other schools. Okay. So you asked what have we done? Um I mean the first thing is we went to career fairs and we thought, well, we've had success at WashU. At these schools like at WashU we're paying less than the average place at UMSL and Webster and SLU were paying more than the average place. We thought this will be a no-brainer. We're gonna to get tons of applicants and and no one applied. Like we're going again over the next couple of weeks are all the career fairs. Uh, it's really, really hard to get anyone to pay attention. We have tried to connect with faculty. I just yesterday met with the dean of Artsci at UMSL. Um like sorry,
1: art art arts and science?
0: Arts, arts and sciences, yeah. Okay. Do you not is ArtSci not a anyway? <laughs> That's what we call it
1: Uh, for people like me who did go to college, but didn't really interact with professors and class (laughs) teachers, uh, classrooms. We, you know, we don't, yeah, we don't have acronyms to describe (laughs) everything. So arts Arts and and sciences, is that like the humanities department?
0: Yeah. I mean, it also includes computer arts and sciences at most schools is like all the non specialty things. So business would be separate. Engineering would be separate. Like the liberal, the liberal arts yeah. idea. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, but so we've tried to connect with the three main vectors. One, we try to go to career fairs. Two, we've tried to connect with professors. The reality is, professors don't know their students. Like most, of, there there are rare gems out there who do, but for the most part, they don't know anyone they're teaching. So and then, sad. I know. We, it, we should. Terrible. I'd
1: love to talk about education one day. It's just.
0: <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're all very like friendly and helpful by the way. And we, we've met a few professors that really have helped out, but for the most part, they're like, this seems great. Like what you're doing is great. Uh, wish, have, wish
1: have, I, wish I knew my students better so I could actually help them and help you. Yeah. But I don't. Um, right. Because I'm th- not really, care, I don't really care about them because I'm there for other reasons. I su- yeah. All right. That's how the system's set up. <laughs> yep. And then the third thing is
0: student groups. And this, we have this at WashU. There's one student group in particular, the Women in Computer Science group, that has been incredible. There's a really well-run organization. They let us go and like give talks about, here's how GitHub works, here's how to do a code interview, all that kind of stuff. And as a result, we get a ton of applicants from WashU through that student group. Um, we have tried to reach out to student groups at these other schools. The reality is, A, a lot of students aren't very motivated, and B, there's like this huge trust issue where once... There's a success story. Once someone has gone through it and been like, I got paid well, I learned a lot. It was a great experience. Then we're in. But how do you get in the first place? That's the question.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, it sounds like you just need to go more aggressively recruit. What did you do at WashU when you first started? How did you find those people? We just went to the career
0: fair and it it blossomed from there. But,
1: but you are a success story from WashU. So you already have that. Yeah, we had the um, network already. We're... Um, so really, at the end of the day, you just need to go find a couple of these at each of the schools and make them really happy. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, – by these, you mean student groups. You need to go find two interns from each school. Oh. Make them happy, and then they will tell their friends. So you really aren't – you shouldn't be targeting seniors.
0: Agreed. Um, I, I will say the vir- the virality hasn't been as – even at WashU hasn't been as great as we'd hoped. Like. Mm. It it helps build trust with institutions like the professors, the career center. They trust us more, but since the student body is constantly cycling in and out, we we hoped it would just kind of naturally spread, and that hasn't exactly happened. It gets easier each year, but it hasn't really like taken a life of its own.
1: It sounds like you really need to get to know the students and find out where your ideal people hang, because uh, it's not it's not the career fair. Um, yeah, where you know, have you how how much Talk. I mean, how do you find those people to talk to and basically learn where they're hanging out? I don't. I don't know. I, I didn't go to these colleges, so I yeah. I can't help you with that. So it's possible that
0: the answer here is like this doesn't exist and this is an unsolvable problem. But one of the challenges we've had, even at WashU, is nobody's thinking about the people majoring in these things. Are intentionally making the decision not to major in something professionally useful, like that's if you may, if you go and major in English, in this day and age, you go two hundred thousand dollars in debt to major in English. You're effectively saying like I choose not to be a part of the system, right? So none of them are thinking about any career-oriented stuff. So where do they hang? We've tried to sponsor like the poetry clubs, events, and things like that. We've like. They let us buy them pizza, but <laughs> we haven't been able to really connect with them or anything in those situations.
1: Yeah, I mean, I ha, have you have you gotten the right person to talk to you and say no to the intern because of specific objections, or is this truly f- have, getting to the point of where you're talking to the people?
0: It's, it's the getting problem. to that point. Yeah, cause, yeah. Because don't do know if like the inter-
1: a- you don't know if the internship is the problem yet because you aren't getting people to the point, okay, I don't think it is. I don't think it is either.
0: Everyone who's done it, I think has has walked away really happy. And we do have these random people. So like I mentioned Webster, that's one of the universities here. We had one person that we met through like weird, unreproducible circumstances. She came and did it. She loved it. She's our advocate now. She goes to Webster and ran a student group and tried, but even she can't get people to to pay attention to this.
1: Yeah, but I think the reality is it may not be a problem, but the internship, summer internship idea is discriminatory for yeah. people who can't afford to quit their day job for three months and take some time off because they have to pay for housing, They the people that are truly on their own. And and if you want those people, you can't get them through a, a summer intern. Okay, internship. so that's,
0: I, I totally buy that. So I'm interested in brainstorming, like, what what can I do?
1: Yeah. So let's solve the first problem first. I think that (laughs) at the end of the day, if you really want those people, you got to go walk around campus and talk to a lot of people until you find the people. So it's just a question of time investment. Um, so there are people out there who at these colleges, but I don't, I don't know that they're that different from your wash you guys, because they're going to be the same people who can take a summer off. Uh, I mean, well, we're, we're paying well enough
0: now 3000 a month is enough that they can quit their job. Do this and then
1: get another job potentially. Potentially, but I mean, I, I, I people. So you, you studied Maslow's hierarchy of needs. People who are worried about basic needs do not have the luxury of considering like what ifs. They're just mm-hmm. trying to get through college <laughs> so That's, that they can get okay. a better job,
0: right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, And this is why this is so important, right? Is if, if if we're not having this conversation, we're not trying to think of ways to get creative here, we're only going to have a certain type of person working at the company.
1: I'm willing to say with high confidence that even if you solve the problem of finding the right person for the job, that they're still going to be not, you'll solve the they're not wash you mm-hmm. people in terms of. That diversity problem. So you'll diversify the college, the conversations, but they're still going to be of privilege because mm-hmm. they have the privilege of doing a summer internship program. And those and people who have the privilege of doing that are privileged. So.
0: I agree. I, I do think there's a baby steps thing here, which is, let me ask you this. Do you think, you know, we put a lot of effort into this and mentorship and all that. I understand what you're saying that someone doesn't think they can take the risk, but if they do, do you think it's actually a good decision for them? Someone who's not coming from privilege, because if it's not, then it it would be immoral of me to even try.
1: I don't know enough about this. So, so what 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 is missing is true stories from people you've talked to yeah. that say, "Hey, I can't do this internship program because I, you know, I have a job that I've had for four years, and and it's literally paying for food, uh, tuition." whatever else, plus I have a kid, you know, I don't, I don't know what the situation, there are no stories here, right? Yeah. We haven't heard that story. Yeah. But if that's the, I mean, you won't hear that story unless you go talk to people who aren't able to do internships. Yeah. So I don't know how many people. So what would you you do to talk to like, that's all I want to do is talk to people. What would you do to do that? That's I think it's basic customer. I, I always come back to customer development. It's like, go find these people. Who, yeah, yeah that's the step yeah. I want
0: to dive into how do you find these people
1: uh man start reaching out to people are they on LinkedIn where are they
0: yes I should have mentioned this we have tried this with LinkedIn we right. reach out to people uh just you know email 50 random people basically um we've had some success with that actually you know well, what, what I should what's
1: the goal of the email uh
0: to get them to a well to talk to us but to uh, like Play. get interested that, in the that,
1: yeah i would and i would totally change the objective of reaching out i think that's that's sales and marketing of a position i think mm-hmm. if you if you go out and you focus on understanding the person without pitching yeah. a product you might learn some things it's like hey i'm doing some market research on you know what how um you know how college you know pe- people working through college uh think about careers and specifically internships, would you mm. be willing to get on a phone and talk to me about this and answer some questions?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. One, um, one challenge here is college students, privileged or not, just do not fucking respond to anything. Um, Maybe college is to, the wrong
1: place to go. Maybe it's the person yeah, that's who's a, graduated.
0: That's a good point. So that's another thing. Obviously, a summer internship is tough for someone who's not in college, but that would kind of be the dream. Um, is to not I, I, there's a different type of lack of diversity if you're only going after college students right
1: yeah yeah and and so i I guess a couple of takeaways for me so far and i'm i 'm not sure we're ready for this is one the end like you're if you keep doing what you're doing you're gonna get people from different schools eventually to to apply for your internship and go through. They're, they're just not going to be as diverse as you want them to be.
0: Can I interrupt you for a second? And Because com- you've said that a few times and I've been meaning to react to that. I agree with you, although I have read as a strategy for recruiting diverse groups of people that you you start with the easy wins and build from there. So WashU doesn't have diversity in the first place. There's nowhere to grow from within WashU. Um, but if you get the privileged students at UMSL, they might know other people at UMSL. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's better than nothing.
1: And that's what, and that's, what I, that's what I'm assuming is if you keep doing what you're doing, going after the four schools, the three schools other than WashU that you mentioned, mm-hmm. you're eventually going to get your anchor. Okay. And so you're
0: saying that's maybe a good strategy.
1: I think as lo- if you keep doing what you're doing with the career fairs and talking to the deans, eventually you're going to land your first intern. And that's going to lead over time to more you know, diversity in colleges, but not diversity in privilege. Yeah. Okay. But then from there, maybe you can get to the to the people who have diversity and privilege. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, but <laughs> I, I mean, maybe an internship. I, I the other takeaway is, if you really want to go get people who have who who aren't the people who can take internships, you got to offer something that's not an internship, and you got to probably look at them, go look uh, for them at post college. Yeah. Maybe they didn't even go to college.
0: Right. Um, do you, (laughs) we're at 45 minutes here. Maybe this should be a totally separate discussion, but I I think that that's a very promising idea. I don't know what that thing would be. Like, what do you offer? It it has to take time. I think if the goal is event is to evaluate if they should work here full time.
1: I think what, I, I, I think what you offer these people is secondary to knowing who these people are, where they hang out, what problems they have. What the, you know, what, what's stopping them from looking into a CRM coaching position in the first place until you find out where these people are and, and understand what their constraints are. You can't really offer them anything.
0: Well, I think I it's, know that for, f- there's a big difference between a college student who could do an internship versus a full-time person with a job. And we get plenty of applicants, not from WashU when, when we, you know, twice this year, we've hired CRM coaches full-time. Neither of them came from WashU. I don't think we interviewed anyone that was particularly promising from WashU so we we do talk to those people. Um, the The reality is, like at that point, life has hit you in the face, and you're like, you know what a good job looks like. <laughs> but they all also want full time jobs, right? They're not going to do an internship or whatever. Does that yeah. make sense? I, well, I don't know could, if it was articulate, could, could, there
1: could they do? Um, I mean, if you have these people, I see the predicament. It's it, you either have to prioritize getting diverse people or getting the right person for the job. And I think maybe the job itself is discriminatory. It's like people, I, I read, a, I don't, I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast, but I read a quote from, uh, what's his name? Uh, I think it was George who, who are animal farms it George Orwell. Yeah. Yeah. He, he said something like the, the, the quality of, you can tell the quality of someone's thinking by the writing, something, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, writing is a, you know, really good writing is you don't see that a lot. And people who haven't had right. some it, privilege. It
0: correlates with the quality of education. Yes. So and
1: so yeah. your job might, itself might be part of the problem, a full-time.
0: That, that has certainly occurred to me. Um, I think there's a lot of truth to that at the same time that I can't just be like, well, okay, nothing we can do. You know, there are people out there who don't come from privilege who are still great writers. Um, it's it's a matter of finding them,
1: yeah, but they're they they're it's likely that they've entered a they they may not have come from privilege, but they've entered a state of privilege,
0: yeah some 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 have i I do think that like the world is littered with kind of artist type people, like once again, the stereotyping working in a coffee shop, but like have all the skills but have decided not to sell out go to Starbucks
1: and start recruiting Starbucks people like that. Yeah. That seems like a great strategy. Yeah. Um, but I got to say I use the word privilege and I hardly, I, I know it, I've, I've assigned a definition to it based on talking to you, hearing you use the word. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming it means basically, uh, I don't, I have my own definition for that, but I just want to put a disclaimer that I don't, I may not be using the word correctly.
0: <laughs> I mean, in context, I, I certainly get what you're saying. Um, yeah, the, the struggle, once again, I actually, I think there are a lot of adults, like people out of college or who didn't go to college at all, who are in a good spot. The thing is hiring, it, that that doesn't go the intern route. And we don't have to. So so we've actually decided recently, our last few CRM co hires, we didn't do internships first for this exact reason. We said, if we do internships, we're only going to wa- end up hiring WashU students. And thankfully, like the last four people for this position we've hired aren't WashU students. But- in a perfect world, it would be you get an intern because you can really evaluate people and make sure they're perfect and then give them the offer.
1: Yeah, that'd be an ideal world if everyone was, at, was privileged and could take yeah, yeah. the summer I, off and do an internship. I, I so, said at the
0: beginning, maybe uh, yeah. the, the answer here is there's no solution, but I, I figured do, it was do you worth. think
1: Do you think the, that's the answer? Is that the intern itself, internship Here's, itself?
0: Uh, okay, I think that absolutely what you said is that like the job itself is we're disc- doing takeaways right now right like I, yeah, yeah th- sure, these are sure. your takeaways yeah the the job itself i think every job to some extent is discriminatory um i think that the the idea of intern an internship really works specifically with people with a certain type of privilege but i i do think that doesn't mean there are no people who aren't of this specific washu prototype that couldn't do it. I just think it's much, much harder to find them and that we need to put the effort in to do it. I'm not sure I have a ton of great ideas on, on what that effort looks like, but I think what you're basically saying, that the most promising thing I've heard is try to approach, try to take advantage of specific types of privilege that exist at other places, but at places where not everybody has that privilege. Start by getting a foot in the door with people who fit our model that we've already hired and then use that to spread. The problem is at WashU, there's no one to spread to because everyone has privilege. So we need to do this at other schools.
1: Yeah. I think, I think you can say that you're making progress by expanding outside of WashU with the internship that you have. And mm-hmm. once you've progressed to that stage, you can decide what to do next. I like it. Okay. Yeah. I still need to figure out how to do that, but that, that, that makes this more concrete. That's helpful. Cool. Well, uh, I'll wrap up. Um, anything else you want to say or talk about?
0: Um, I guess just if anyone's listening to this and like this sounds hard in a discouraging way, I'll start by saying this. The the, the model that I said works f- has worked for us. If you're not, if you've never hired an intern before, like go do that. It works really well. It's great. I don't mean to like shit all over it and make it sound depressingly difficult. It's just once things are working, uh, then you have to always look for the next challenge. And that's really what we were talking
1: about here. So no, no one div- should get discouraged. Your <laughs> challenge is lack of diversity in interns. How do I yeah. diversify my interns? So Exactly. Good. Well, good luck with that. So um, thank you for listening, everyone. You can join the conversation on this topic and review past topics by visiting startup to lastcom If you have questions, uh, please contact us via the website or on Twitter. We'd love to hear for, from you. Any thoughts, ideas? I'm also doing customer development interviews on podcasts. So if you're willing to jump on the phone with me and answer some questions about your podcast habits, I'd really appreciate it. Again, that's startuptolast.com. See you next week.